Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Rain It In Racing podcast. This week, I'm very pleased to say we're joined by David Boland, also known as Racing Inside Track. And Luke is going to take over from here and do a quick interview with him. So over to you, Luke. Hey, Dave. How did you Hello. first become interested in racing? Um, I began riding ponies and then I went to the apprentice school um, in the Curra and from there I joined Mick Halford. I rode a few winners for Mick Halford and then I went to England for a while in Team Williams. Came home and I joined up with Paul Nolan as amateur and yeah, um, I gave up riding a few years ago um, and started up racing inside track to keep an interest in racing. So I suppose I've been in racing since since last 20 years anyway. You post a lot of point-to-point coverage on social media, which would be a big outlet for us all. I seen the head cam on Barry O'Neill a few weeks ago and the documentary coming out with Barry. How did you first become interested in the point-to-points? Uh, well, I rode in point-to-points and rode winners in it, but I suppose Racing's Inside Track was mainly for the track itself. But um, I go to points occasionally and then... I came up with the idea I'd love to do a documentary on a jockey and I felt it was very important to do something that was close to me and something I got on well with. So I approached Barry about it. So obviously doing the documentary, that's that's why I'm at point to points every weekend because I'm kind of shadowing Barry throughout. So um, we came up with the idea of putting the head cam on Eddie's Miracle up in Torella and um, I don't think it could have worked out any better than it did. Um he obviously won, and he got a great run up up the inside. And I think it was it was great for people to see just how fast horses do go jumping uh, fences. You know, even though that was over three miles, they're still going hard. So it gives gives people an idea who've never rode in a race uh, just what it's like. Yeah, it gives people the perspective as well. If anyone wants to see those videos, they can see it on your Twitter at or Inside Track TV. What would be your favorite point to point track? Uh, favorite point to point track. Um, do you know what I? Uh, I'd say Kirkstown as in terms of a riding point of view because I rode a few. I rode my first double up there. Um, but I think at the best tracks in, in, around, um, you know, Drumahan is probably renowned as one of the, one of the better tracks. And um, but yeah, Kirkstown, I suppose, just because I I had some good days up there. If you could change one thing in racing, what would it be? Oh, um, I think maybe the weights need to go up a small bit on the flat. Um, yeah, that needs to be looked into, um, especially for young lads, um, because they don't want to say no to a ride, and 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 they force their weight so much. I I think, and it has been looked into, and 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 their uh, HRI and Turf Club are definitely working on it. But I think that's something that maybe weights need to increase a bit. Yeah, I'd completely agree with that. Dave, you were in Cheltenham last week with Tiger Roll. How did he get on? Yeah, he got on very well. Um, I was over at the sales and uh, Gordon was uh, very good to let me go out. There was no one else there, only Gordon um, and and Mouse. The, the two of them were there uh, watching him. Um, and yeah, he was very good. So it's great to see him come over. You know, the work that goes behind the scenes, you know, he'd only ran on the Sunday and he came over then during the week then to have a pop around and he'll be back over he runs on the wednesday i think it is uh, the cross country race so when he runs on the wednesday he'll arrive on the saturday there or the sunday and uh he'll have another pop again on the track so yeah it was good to see him he, he didn't look like a horse who had only had a run 
on the Sunday. He was very fresh and well. But Keith Donahue said that that's what Cheltenham does to him. It lights him up. And uh, that's what that's what happens with good horses. You know, they're laid back at home. And when they get to the races, they light up when they need to. Yeah, and that would be a stepping stone towards Aintree. What would you think of his chances for the race at Aintree? I think, uh, listen, he's won the last two. Um, I'm sure... All connections would have liked a bit of a lighter weight for the English handicapper to to bring him down a bit lower than one seventy. But look, fair is fair. He probably he he's entitled to that weight and he deserves it. He's won the last two runnings and um, Magical Light ran a cracker last year to be second to him. But let's be honest, we all everyone who's seen the race, he won snug enough in the end. But I'm sure if you ask Davy Russell, you need a lot of luck and running. But um, the horse knows his way around and Davy knows his way around. So listen, he's the one to beat. Yeah, what horses are you most looking forward to see at Cheltenham? Um, as as not as a horse, but as a race, I'm looking forward to the Supreme Novices. I think it's a very exciting race. Um, as a horse, then I'm really looking forward to seeing Envoy Allen. Um, he's been so exciting. But there is another horse. After talking to, I, I I've liked the horse. Um, watching him run, but after speaking to Robbie Power the other day, he's so excited about him. I'm very excited to see the big breakaway. He's a very exciting horse, and he'll run in the uh, Ballymore. And Robbie's very confident that he can give uh, Envoy Allen a big task. And um, I'm, I'm excited about him. He's a previous point-to-point winner. So is Envoy Allen. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the two of those. And I think the Champions Chase is probably going to be the race of the meeting, to be honest. Yeah, Sam will love that. She loves the big breakaway. And finally, oh, he's a smashing horse. What can be done to get more young people into racing? Uh, good question, Luke. Um, it's something that I always do wonder, you know, at the races. I do think um, at the end of the day, they've got to make their money, but they do make their money from TV, especially I was at the Dublin Racing Festival um, on both days. And, and it's an incredible incentive. It's, it's a brilliant thing that they started up. It's superb racing. And we get to see the, all the best Irish horses take each other on. It's a team or English horses don't come. But I was very surprised that there's not that many young people there. And I, I I don't know, like they've tried in the summer, you know, to try music and things like that. I think they're putting more student days out. Um, I'm sure you lads have gone to them. They, they, they're obviously good um, to get younger people going. But I do think they need to bring the cost down. It's quite expensive, 35, 40 euro for people to get in on Punchestown. And, you know, younger people who are in college, their um, funds are limited, I'm sure. So, um you know, I think that is expensive. Um, I'm, now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, there could be uh, student rates, but um, I think, uh, you know, maybe if they could, uh, younger people could talk to jockeys, meet trainers, and um, there's, there's plenty of things they could do, but um, I'm sure they are doing their best. But um, look, people like you um, are so big into racing and setting up podcasts and the work you do, that, that's great. But to get the, just the regular younger person in um, I think definitely start bringing costs down anyway that would surely help yep thank you thanks very much guys so we'll get straight on with our discussion for this week then and we're going to focus on jockeys we've discussed a lot about race courses different horses but I think the time has come to focus on the jockeys Um, so I pose the question who is your favourite jockey and going to go around the group now and I think I'll kick things off for me my favorite jockey would be 
Noel Feely. I think he was just the most uh, incredible horseman. And of course, I'm not just <laughs> saying this because of his association with Sylvaniaco Contu, my all-time favourite. But I think he was just really, really a class jockey. And I remember last year when he retired, I thought, oh, racing's not going to be the same without him. And I think anyone who can have an impact like that is clearly going to go down as one of the greats. So, Sam, I'll come to you next. Who's your favourite? Um, well, our, my favourite is Adrian Heskin. Um, he's a brilliant rider. I've met him a few times. He was the first jockey I've ever interviewed in person. So he's quite significant for me in terms of kind of my career, I suppose you could say. Um, also helps that he, like not really for you, um, rides my favourite racehorse, Moncarly's Hill. And also um, Sam Twiston Davies is kind of joint favourite with him. I think he's an excellent horseman. And um, I've also interviewed him. And yeah, I think that kind of interaction with the um, fans kind of is what makes them kind of my favourite. Luke, what about you? Who's your favourite? Uh, my favourite's Davy Russell. Obviously, he's a top jockey, but a few years ago when Jacobstown ended that partnership, that could have went two ways. Davy could have spit the dummy out and been angry at it, but now he's put the head down, took it on the chin, and now he's ridden two Grand National, two-time winning Grand National hero Tiger Row. It's just a top person. Davy is and it just shows to keep if you put the head down and work hard you'll get your reward. Lois we'll come to you next which jockeys really stood out for you? Um, I think at the moment I think I'd have to agree with Sam Sam um, Twist and Davis and I think that he seems like he, he comes across as such a nice person like very down to earth he'll have a joke he'll have a laugh and I think that's really important in um, the industry that sometimes has a reputation for not being like that so I think he's incredible in front of camera as well. Um, just seems like an all-round nice guy. And he's very capable in the saddle as well. <laughs> yeah, he's a really good rider um, and perhaps a bit under underrated as well, maybe. I mean, I don't know whether he's quite got the credit that he deserves because, I mean, in the past, I've definitely seen him give some brilliant rides. Um, his win on Politolog in the Melling Chase springs to mind straight away. That was a really, really good ride from him. Um, and Davey, we'll come to you finally. Who's your favourite jockey? Um, Ruby Walsh is always my favourite. Um, I don't think there's anyone ever as good as him. I don't think any of his uh, any other jockeys would disagree with that. Um, he obviously he was riding some of the best horses with Paul Nichols and Willie Mullins, but um, he was gifted. He was incredible. Um, horses jumped for him. They travelled for him. Very rarely would you ever have seen Ruby's hands up off a horse's wither. You know, horses always settled for him. He rode longer. He wasn't the most stylish. He wasn't a Paul Carberry sort or anything, but he was so strong in terms of he squeezed with his legs and all. But if you were to say currently now, I'd have to agree with Luke. I think Davy Russell is the best Ireland or England currently riding at the moment. Um, Luke made a very good point about, you know, that sort of thing kind of happened with Brian Cooper. Um not easy to come back from that and Davy proved you know he went all around the country riding for for every man and, and uh, who had one horse or whoever it was uh, big or small stable he'd ride them all and uh, he's just gifted as well he's similar to Ruby in terms of he he does ride shorter than Ruby but he's so strong in a finish and very rarely will he see horses um 
not settle with Davy. They settle for him. He gets him into the rhythm. He puts him asleep, and most importantly, they jump so well for him. So yeah, for currently it'd be uh, Davy and the past it would have been Ruby. So looking to the future, what about the most exciting young jockeys now, Sam? Who'd be maybe a jockey to look out for coming up for you? Um, so over jumps, I think that Ben Jones has such a big future. He obviously rode the Labrooks Trophy winner, Durasha Canter, and he, I feel like he rides like he's got more experience than he has. He's obviously got some good connections with yards like Philip Hobbs and um, who trained the Labrooks Trophy winner, Emma Lavelle. Um, and then also David Egan on the flat. He's kind of been around for a couple of years, but he's still very young. Um I feel like he's a really good judge of the race and he's won at Royal Ascot and he's been getting some good opportunities from trainers lately. He won a group one in India this week as well, actually. Wow, I didn't know that. That's good research there, Sam. Now, two two quite popular young jockeys on Twitter, our responses that we've gotten would be Kieran Fallon Jr. on the flat and John Joe O'Neill Jr. over jumps and they've certainly made their mark over the last season or so in their respective codes. So yeah, another two definitely to keep an eye on. Um Davy, we'll come to you next. Are there any jockeys that we should be looking out for, in your opinion? Um, I think there is listen, we're very lucky. Um we've some very good riders, especially um here and in the UK, I think there's very promising lads and girls on the flat and over jumps. But there's one lad who stands out a lot for me, and a lot of people mightn't have heard of him, is Jordan Gainford. Um, Jordan's only 19 years of age. He works for Colin Bull. He's an amateur, and he rides in point to points. Um, I think he's rode seven or eight career winners already. Um, Jordan just riding away, getting experience in point to point, which is massive experience, and he's going to turn professional in the summer after at the end of the point to point season. And um, expect to see, see see this lad ride a lot of winners. He'll go to one of the big yards here in Ireland. Um, yeah, this this is a lad um, you're going to hear an awful lot of, and um, I wouldn't. Um, I I think there's a very good chance that this lad could be a champion conditional in the next year or two. What about the best ride given by a jockey that we've seen? So, for me, uh, ones that spring to mind would be the likes of Rich Johnson on Native River in the Gold Cup when he won it. I mean, I just think that is a jockey and a horse that are tailor-made for one another, just attacking it from the front. Um, And I thought that um, the ride on William Henry on Sunday, um, was it Nico de Boinville riding him? Um, well, that was a really, really good like ride because I couldn't believe it watching the race because turning home, I genuinely thought, oh, he's got no chance. Like He was out the back, well off the pace, and he's just come from absolutely nowhere. So I think that was a really, really good ride. Um, Lois, we'll come to you. Are there any rides that stick out in your mind? I think every time Richard Hughes got on Soul Power, just those I absolutely adored watching those two. And the 2014 Nunthorpe springs to mind. Um, oh yeah, they met met with quite a bit of traffic, and they found oh, the gap that he found was just 
it wasn't there like two seconds before. But he found the gap, got through, and it was just incredible. And every time I watch it, I get goosebumps at the back of my neck. <laughs> um, yeah, it's an incredible, it's an incredible thing to watch. Luke, are there any standout rides for you? I I had three in mind, but the one that probably tops the list was Barry Gerty on sorry the Burley last year in the Potem. He ran into a bit of trouble just after the third last, and he got knocked back a few positions. So very easily could have dropped out, but Barry kept going, kept going. He got up by a neck, I think, on the line. I don't know how he got home. I thought it was a great ride at the time. And two other honourable mentions were Ruby Walsh on Tidal Bay in the Lexus a few years ago when there was the four or five horses in line nearly 50 yards to go. And he got through the gap between First Lieutenant and Flemings there just to get up. And also Jamie Heffernan on Highland Reel in the Breeders' Cup a few years ago when he went down front, set the perfect fraction and he just stayed there the whole way in a tough horse. It was great to see. Yeah, that he stole the ride from the front there, didn't he? It was a brilliant win. Um, now, Sam, I'll come to you next. What would be your favourite ride you've ever seen? Um, I wasn't really sure my favourite I'd ever seen, but um, I think one that jumped into my mind quite quickly was um, Connor Brace on Verdana Blue in the Scottish Champion Hurdle last year. It impressed me because at this point, Connor was only claiming £7. He was on a favourite for Nicky Henderson. Imagine all that pressure. Um, she was quite far back and he only began to get her into the race um, at the last down the back. He didn't panic. He just kind of waited. He hit the front of the last and timed it absolutely perfectly. She sit- skipped clear of him and it was easy. I mean... It was a really good, cool ride um, for such a young lad, really. Um, I think he showed then that he got a good head on his shoulders. And, um, yeah, he's been given loads of opportunities since. So, Davey, my... in your opinion, what would you think makes a really good jockey? Like, what qualities have all of these greats got? <laughs> um, it's obviously very important that um, you know, natural ability... Um, horses need to jump and travel for you. Jumping is very, very important. If you watch Davy Russell, uh, Robbie Power, Mark Walsh, uh, Jack Kennedy, just watch that. Horses are always in the rhythm with them and horses jump for them. So that's obviously very important. And you need to have a very good brain. You know, that, that was probably Ruby Walsh's strongest point as well, the way he could... The time, how, how fast we're going and um, you're talking about great rides I'm not sure if he's remember but when Ruby rode foot pads in the Arkle um, there was two front runners and, and they took each other on Petit Mouchoir, Davy Russell and um, I think St Calvados I'm not 100% Calvados, sure on that yeah. Yeah. And, and you watch, it's very easy to say oh yeah the two lads are in the front are going it's far too fast but it takes a lot of balls to sit last on the favour for the Arkle at Cheltenham and, and just sit there and let them all go at it. And, and that proves that, that that's what you need. But unfortunately, you can't teach that. You either have that or you don't. But um, look, you need to have all those qualities. Um, and I think something that's very important now, more so than ever, is you need to be able to, 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 to de- delegate with owners and trainers. You need to speak well and you need to be confident about, about the feedback that you're giving back. That's very important too. But um, yeah, it's all about just um, very good hands and getting horses to jump. And, and if you have 
the brains of the likes of what uh, Ryan Moore and Ruby Walsh and Davy Russell have, well, then you'll make it. Brilliant. Thank you, Davy. Um, we're going to have a quick look at some of your favorite rides on Twitter. Um, so, John has said his greatest ride he's seen would be Pat Valenzuela on Arazi in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Now, I've seen that race only a few times, but it's pretty unforgettable to sit so far back off the pace in the US is very, very brave and just he went clear. Um, Jack said his best ride would be Sam Thomas on Denman in 2008. Um, he was only two at the time, but he's watched the race loads of times. So thanks for getting in touch, Jack. Neil said his best ride would be Frankie Dettori on Golden Horn in the Yark. Of course, a great tactical race, keeping the horse wide, taking his time, letting him get his place and, of course, sealing a famous victory over in France. And who else have we heard from? Christian said his best ride would be Ryan Moore on Highland Reel in the King George. Another tough win on that great horse. And KLR Racing has said they've seen too many great rides, so it's a hard question to answer. Um, and Colin Hudson's been in touch, and he said Richard Guest winning the national on Red Marauder, of course, in attritional conditions where you would definitely have to be very brave to face those national fences on that day when only, was it two, four horses finished? Four Crazy. horses finished. Uh, Smarty was second, I think. Um, yeah. Smarty was second. I think Papillon and, oh, Jesus, Ruby Walsh. Uh, uh, Ruby rolled Papillon to finish fourth, and I think uh, McCoy was third on one of the pipe horses, but they just hacked home to get her upside, did it? Yeah, absolutely attritional conditions that day. I mean, I think that was that was the year that I was born. So oh, that makes me feel probably a <laughs> <laughs> bit before all of our times. But I've definitely watched that one before. Again, a pretty unforgettable race. Um, so I'm going to go round the group with one last question, and that would be, who, in your opinion, is the most underrated jockey? So. Sam, we'll come to you first. Who do you think probably deserves a bit more credit? Um, so I've got one for the flat and one for jumps. On the flat, Adam Kirby. I think he is an excellent horseman. And I think if I ever had two-year-olds, he'd be on my horses because he just seems like he gives them a really good education. He's just, even when they're playing up a bit before the start, he doesn't seem to care. He's just relaxed. He doesn't let them get wound up, basically. And then over jumps, I think if Derek O'Connor could make the weight to be a professional, he would have been one of the best jockeys we've seen. I think he's amazing. I was at Warwick one day when he won on OK Corral, and it was just bonkers. You could just tell how just like an amazing rider he was, just from literally him cantering past me to the start. I think he's brilliant. And obviously, he rode Ed Wolf as well. So I think for me, on the flat, it would probably be someone like Josephine Gordon, who was so good like she's such a good jockey and she's just maybe not had the same opportunities that she had when she was an amateur um but I'd love to see a resurgence from her this season um and over jumps I think Bridget Andrews deserves a bit more credit she's an absolutely fantastic rider and of course Cheltenham Festival winning jockey I think you know she's another one who 
probably deserves a few more mentions than she gets. Um, Luke, we'll come to you next. Who would be your underrated jockey to look out for? I think Brian Cooper is underrated. He's a former Gold Cup winning jockey. He had the main job at Jiggenstown. It hasn't been the easiest for him since. He showed his class there in latest exhibition in Leopardstown to get him up. I just think, I don't know how he isn't used more. I think he's top quality. Lois, what about you? Um, to be honest with you, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't pick one. But if I was going to pick one off the top of my head, maybe um, Tom Cannon. I think, did, did, wasn't he the one that rode uh, two grade twos on Saturday? Was that his, his yes, first grade two was, and yeah. he banged another one <laughs> just after that? Was it Who Dares Wins and Highway 102? Yeah. Races? yeah, I think I'll have to go with Tom Cannon then. Good choice. And finally, Davey, who's your underrated jockey? Um, that's tough. Look, there's so many people um, in Ireland and England that probably don't get the opportunities they deserve. But um, maybe I'm being a bit biased because he's a good friend of mine. But Paddy Kennedy, Jack Kennedy's brother. Paddy's a very good rider. Um, he proved that in, in, in defeat last year in the English National on Magic of Life behind Tiger Roar, how good of a rider Paddy is. That was his first ride over the national fences as well. But thankfully, uh, with Robbie being away so much in the UK, riding for Colin Tizards, he's getting a lot more opportunities from Jessica Harrington. And um, I think Paddy's going to be in for an, a good next year or two, um, getting more opportunities. He's definitely underrated because he's as good as any uh, of many of the other lads, you know. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's discussion. But I think I want to stay on the theme of jockeys for the game we're going to play this week. So all you need to do is name the jockey. I'm going to give you the year, the name of the race and the name of the horse that won. All you've got to do is name the jockey who rode it. So we'll go round. I've got 12 horses here, so you can each have three. Um, so what we'll do is Sam will come to you first. So, who won the 2013 Grand National aboard Aurora's Encore? Ryan Mania. Mania? Yeah, well done. Um, Luke, you next. Who won the 2014 2000 Guineas aboard Night of Thunder? Kieran Fallon. Well done. Lois, who won the 2016 Breeders' Cup Turf aboard Highland Reel? Um, oh my god, I'm under pressure. I hate this. Uh, was it Joseph? Or was that too late? Yeah, no, was it not? Have another guess. Oh, let's just move on. <laughs> but I thought <laughs> it was Shamey first... happening. Oh, we've literally talked about that, didn't we? Okay, never mind. <laughs> let's, let's move on, guys. Let's move on. <laughs> oh dear, we'll move on quickly. Yeah, um. Davey, who won the 2012 Betfair Chase aboard Silverniaco Conti? Jesus. Um, Ruby. Well done. Um, Sam, back to you. Who won the 2017 Labbrooks Trophy on board Total Recall? Um, Paul Townsend. Townend. Yeah, well done. Luke, you've got another flat one, I'm afraid. In 2016, who won the St. Ledger aboard Harbour Law? George Baker. Yeah, well done. (laughs) Um, 
2013, Lois, who won the Sussex Stakes aboard Toronado? Um, uh, Richard Hughes? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, well actually, done. I right. <laughs> oh, you're cool. Um, Davey, who won the 2014 Queen Mother Champion Chase on board Sire de Jamie Moore. Yep, correct. Sam, who won the 2017 Derby on Wings of Eagles? Oh, uh, Paddy Beggy. Yep, well done. <laughs> Luke, who won the 2012 Champion Hurdle on Rock on Ruby? No, Philip. Yeah. And Lois, who won the 2012 1000 Guineas on Homecoming Queen? Um, oh, I don't know. I don't know. He Richard Hughes? I don't know. No, no he Ryan Moore. She won, wasn't she? Or something like that. She's not, not quite that big, but she was definitely big odds that day. Yeah. Okay, never mind. And then finally... Davy, your final question. Who won the 2017 National Hunt Chase on board Tiger Roll? Jesus, I should know that, shouldn't I? Um, or Lisa O'Neill. Yeah, well done. So that is this week's game. Oh, what a shocker. So we've got some great racing this weekend from Kelso, Newbury and Doncaster. So we're going to cast a glance at the William Hill Premier Novices Hurdle from Kelso first. That is 2.45 on Saturday. It's run over two miles and two furlongs. And this looks like quite a good renewal, actually. The field is currently headed by Fred. And um, we've also got Calva Doge in there, Clondor Caitlin, Cheddleton. So, um, Sam, we'll come to you first. Have you had a look at this race and who stands out to you? So I think this race could be very interesting if the top two, as you mentioned, Fred and Calvador's, um run. Um, I hope they do because it'll add an extra element to it. But I have a soft spot for the mare, Clondor Caitlin. Um, she's won her last three. I think she's got a fabulous attitude. And um, Ruth Jefferson hasn't had that much luck with her stable star waiting patiently. But hopefully this mare can get them the grade two and um, her win last time was just so easy against other mares but she gets all the allowances here and I don't think she's at a disadvantage against the boys. As always I should mention that we're recording this before final declarations are out so if any of us are talking about random horses that aren't in the final field our apologies. Um, Luke I'll come to you now who stands out to you? I just side with Mally Stick, who's finished behind Fred the last day at Musselburgh. I watched back the race and he didn't jump the last grade, he hung up the straight. And once he didn't jump great at the last, it gave Fred the opportunity to go ahead. But he's clawing back the distance between them all the way to the line. They step up an extra two furlongs today, which I think will suit Mally Stick more. I think he can go close. I think you'd be right. I think he definitely get has the potential to get closer. I mean, you almost get the impression with Fred the last day, maybe he's saving a bit for himself. I don't know. But um, Lois, who do you want to win this one? Um, I like Calva Doge. I uh, was dropped in grade last time to win 
um, a novice hurdle, and he beat Fraser Island of Nikki Henderson's, of which I quite like that horse. Um, he was also fourth, I think, behind Filler on the Roof in the Tollworth. Um, he should be ready for this, and yeah, just looking forward to see how he can go. And finally, Davey, have you? Who stands out to you for this one? Um, if they all line up, it will be an interesting race. I fancy uh, Shettleton. Um, uh, the I, I'm pretty sure he's by Scirocco. He won in Kelso the last day. Um, he probably didn't beat a whole lot, but um, I like his. I I, I like him. Um, he was good in Kelso the last day. I think he won in Bangor before that, and Weatherby handles heavy ground, and um. I think he, he, he obviously has to improve uh, to step up, to, you know, with Fred's. Um, but, um, yeah, he'd be the one for me now uh, at, at a bigger price each way. Um, I just like, you know, track form. Uh, Sean Quinlan's riding very well as well. And, uh, yeah, I think, I, I think he's the one for me. That's a good pick, actually. And, of course, that heavy ground form is going to be so important this weekend. Yeah, exactly. It looks yeah, like we're going to have even more bad weather. Um, which is the last thing we need, really. Um, but we'll move on to the next race we're going to have a look at, which is the 3.15 at Newbury. And that is the William Hill Supporting Greatwood Gold Cup Handicap Chase. It's a grade three handicap chase. So um, I'll kick us off for this one because um, I quite like the look of Sam Benedito. Obviously, he won this last year. Um, we maybe haven't seen him to the same effect so far this season in two appearances, but he does tend to kind of show his good form out of nowhere, really. So I think um, this looks like it's been the target. He His last run was here in November over this course and distance. So you almost get the impression that that could well have been just a race to give him another sighter over these over this course and distance for this race maybe having in mind but I think he'd definitely be one to look for and of course Brian Carver's a great jockey um claims the five pounds um and another one that I had a quick look at was Bags Groove now he hasn't been seen for 331 days but he was a very good novice last season um he's a nine-year-old now and, yeah, I think it's interesting that he's been entered here to start off. Um, and I think, you know, we could we could see a good performance from him. He, I remember in Canton back in November 2018, he beat Secret Investor by nine lengths, and that was a really good performance. Um, so I think if we can see a return to that kind of form, he'd have to go close. Um, so, Sam, what about you? Who do you like for this? So I don't really have a strong opinion on this race yet. I think I'm going to wait until the final declarations are out. But I did pick up on Bags Groove as well. And then I really am a fan of Domain Delisle. He hated the ground at Ascot. So I think I'd be a bit worried if it was to come up as heavy again and he was to run with his chances. Um, and also Tidal Flow has been running quite well this season. Um, so he could be a player. I can't remember what price he is. And also, I think it's quite interesting that Jerry's back is the um, current favourite. He was only beaten three lengths at Ascot last time in a listed race behind Regal Encore. He, um, he's 
quite a good performer on his day. So he does have claims as favourite. Luke, who's your pick for this one? I'd side with Paul Nichols Montel, Avo Wars. Brownie Frost is already jocked up. Paul is a few horses in the race, so it'll be interesting to see what he runs. It was encouraging that Brownie's jocked up. Last seen finishing over course distance second to a well handicapped horse. Very tight finish behind the likes of Angels Brett and Champ. Albeit a bit behind him. I'm not sure if he's well handicapped, but not I do like novices in handicaps. But I think with Bryony jocked up, I think you go close. Montez Avoa was another one that I'd noted down. Um so no, I think he's got he's another one with a really good chance. I'd have to agree with you there, Luke. Um, Lois, who's your pick? Um, I I also noted down that um Bags Groove was in the race. And if um if he runs that'll be interesting to see. Uh also Corto Rico um was a bit of a shocker last time out. Um in the it was it in the Silvignaco Conti, um, but yeah, throwed on, yeah, it was a bit of a shocker. I think he finished last, but um, the time before that, he was second to f- uh, top notch 100 to one. And I just feel like maybe there's a bit more in the locker, also a small yard. I like to see small yards in big races like this. It wouldn't have too big a weight either to carry, so. He's got. A, he's another. If he can return to his form, he'd have to be in with a good shout. Yeah, for sure. Finally, Davy, what about you? Who do you like for this race? Um, I'm going to go with a different one. I like Cloudy Glen in this. Um, not ideal that um he fell on his last run, but uh, I'm just thinking of conditions. He's a horse who has form on heavy grounds. Uh, Venetia Williams, um, typical Venetia Williams horse. They love. Uh, I know it's only two and a half, so it's not a real staying test, but. It's going to be heavy, tough conditions. Uh, takes a lot of jumping in weather in in Newbury. Um, now I know he has fallen uh, a couple of times, but um, he'd be the one for me now. Um, he had a, he he's, he has a decent bit of form there. If you look back, I know he won a, a two runner race, four runs back, I think, and uh, he was second in Sandown. But uh, when he when he's at it, he can jump well. I, I just think um, if Charlie Dice gets him in, in into a good rhythm. Um, all Venetia's horses seem to really like the heavy conditions. I think that's going to be very important this weekend. And finally, the last race we're going to have a look at is the 335 Doncaster, which is the 888 Sport Grimthorpe Handicap Chase. Now, the field, the current favourite is definitely red, of course, an old favourite. He's a brilliant horse for his connections. Um Sam, I'm going to let you kick things off for this one. Who do you like for the Grimthorpe? So we've got a couple of Grand National clues on offer, possibly, with Beware the Bear, who's currently got 11 stone for the race. Definitely Red, who's got 10 stone 10. And St. Xavier, who's got 10 stone 4. And then Labroyo, I doubt he'll actually get in this year. Um, he's got an entry in this race, but... I think connection, he's quite well fancied, I think, for the Kim Muir, I want to say. So I'm not actually sure whether he'll run in this Grimthorpe. Maybe wrong, he may appear, but um, I'm not sure whether he will. And I think there's a lot to like about Worthy Farm. He's Paul Nichols' horse. He's won his last two over three miles and a furlong. So he's got a leading chance. And um, also one that I picked up on was Horatio Hornblower. He unseated Chester Williams in the Veterans Final when going well. 
But even though he's 12, he won his previous two outings. Um, so I think that he could be there at the finish as well. One that I had a look at was Yaltari for Venetia Williams. Now, I think he's also got an entry elsewhere, I want to say, in the Greatwood Gold Cup that we previously had a look at. Um, but he's, he's got good form, actually. He He's been seen once so far this season in the Silver Cup handicap chase at Ascot, where he ran a bit of a stinker, really. He went off the favourite. He never really got going. But previously, he'd been third, beaten only four and three-quarter lengths by Mr Malarkey, who, of course, ranked that form last weekend. Um, and I think, again, as Davy had previously picked up on, you can't not side with Venetia Williams' horses in this ground that we're going to see this weekend. And I think... She's very good at target, like getting her horses fit for these types of races. So I think Yaltari would be a one to have a look at for this contest. Luke, who do you like? Uh, last week when the Eider was down, Glittering Love was entered. Me and Killian were both sweet on him. But this week I'm just going to side with Bold Mare for Caroline by. Bailey, he's improved twenty pounds this year since switching from hurdles to fences. He's going to get his hat trick of wins last time out when he came down at the last. Uh, the one I, the one thing I'd worry about is that fall last time, and he's relatively inexperienced over fences. So in the handicap, it's just might catch him out first time with the big field. It is a competitive race, so I think he could be going close if he takes to the competitive race. Lois, who have you chosen? I like one of my favourites, um, Captain Chaos. He always runs a good race. I feel like he's always there at the finish. He was second to Kimberlite Candy um, last time out, which is pretty solid form when you look at um, Kimberlite Candy's chances in the national. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how he can run. Um, probably more of an each-way shot, though, because he has a bit of a thing for not winning. <laughs> um Davey, finally, we'll come to you. Who have you picked for the Grimthorpe? Um, I think uh, somebody already mentioned, uh, I like Wordy Farm. Uh, he has form. Again, I'm sticking with horses that like the form of heavy grounds. Um, he has form on good ground as well, but uh, he likes heavy conditions as well. He's fairly versatile. Um, he won around Wing Canton the last last two runs, I think. Um and, and and he's got a lovely lightweight, you know. He's very lightweight. He's currently ten fourth. I mean, I know I won't stay that way, but um, he'll have a lovely light race and weight. So yeah, be worthy farm for me because you have to jump. You have to jump. Fences come quick enough actually in Wincanton, um, and you need to jump well there. So yeah, he'd be the horse for me. It's now come to that time in the podcast where we pick our nap of the weekend. As always, these naps are just for fun and for no other purpose. My nap for this weekend is going to be Master Tommy Tucker in the 4.25 at Newbury on Saturday. He's still quite lightly raced and although he only ran last weekend, he was going really well before he fell. Paul Nichols has been adamant that his jumping has been spotless at home and they've done a lot of schooling with him to get him right for this one. He's unbeaten when he stays on his feet and I think with the amount of work that's gone into him this week, I'm really hoping that he can register another success in this race. Bryony Frost is booked to ride, a change in jockey, 
and I hope that Master Tommy Tucker will win this Saturday. I'm Luke and my nap this weekend is Batsy under four ten at Leopardstown on Sunday. He's last he's been in good form of late. He was last seen running at Leopardstown when he came out two out went in with a good chance. Prior to that he was narrowly defeated over course and distance. He won his beginner's chase before that run. He has a nice racing weight and I think he will go close for Ted Walsh and Ian McCarthy. This weekend Lois has napped Calva Doge in the two forty five at Kelso on Saturday. Calva Doge won last time at Plumpton under a penalty, more evenly weighted affair in this Grade 2 contest this weekend. He'll handle the heavy ground, but might have to improve slightly for the extra two furlongs. But she thinks he looks like a horse on the up for a trainer in great form. For my nap, I want you to all take your minds back to last weekend and the utter demolition job by Solo. This horse actually got beat in France by a horse called Stratagem. That was by three lengths. Since then, this horse has been picked up by owner jockey David Maxwell to be in training with Paul Nichols. He was beaten by more exposed individuals to be third on debut in the UK, but I think he's got a great chance in the 137 from Kelso. So last week, our horse of the week was Lescargo. Now, we couldn't get him right on the podcast, but a lot of you on Twitter have, in fact, got him right, of course. Um, the Wicked Chicken got him right. Liam got said Les Gargo, and Horses for Causes has also said Les Gargo. So, well done, you three. You are all correct. Now, of course, from the clues, we found out that he won what is now known as a Supreme Novices Hurdle, as well as a Grand National, which is pretty incredible. I suppose that's almost in the same bracket as Tiger Roll being a Triumph Hurdle winner and now a Dual Grand National winner. Um, he was inducted into the United States Racing Hall of Fame because he ran quite a few times over there um, in their steeplechases. And his owner, Raymond Guest, also won the Derby winner, Sir Ivor. Now, Les Gargo won two gold cups and a Grand National for his trainer Dan Moore and Tommy Carberry, who rode him. And he is only one of two horses to win both the Grand National and the Gold Cup. The other was, of course, Golden Miller. So we're going to go through the clues for next week's Horse of the Week. And once again, I'm going to delete the name of this horse off of my screen so that I don't say him accidentally or her. So this horse won 13 Grade 1s over a mixture of hurdles and fences. He came out of his retirement for a charity race at the Punchestown Festival in 2007, which he won. And he established a pattern of winning three times in a row and then falling in the middle of his career. So that is next week's Horse of the Week. We'll put the clues up on Twitter and you guys can have a guest and all the right answers will be read out on the podcast next week. Now, Speaking of next week, we've got a very special edition of the Rain Sim Racing podcast coming your way. So, of course, guys, we've only got two weeks left until Cheltenham. I don't know whether anyone has heard that on Twitter. Um, so what we're going to do is we are going to have a Cheltenham Festival special. Now, we're going to preview most of the races from Cheltenham. We'll all be here. And it should be a really good fun one to do. So, yeah. I think everyone here is looking forward to it. I know Sam has already started her homework. 
probably about two weeks ago. Yeah. Obviously. She's well on it, is our Sam. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> so that'll be a really good fun one and hopefully you'll be able to join us then. Um now of course, while on the topic of Cheltenham previews, we do need to give our good friend Killian a mention because you'll have noticed his absence from this week's episode. Well, you might have done. I know Luke certainly has. He's missing his he's missing his um friend. So fine. um <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so he is of course very busy at the minute preparing for his own Cheltenham preview night, which he has set up. Um, so we wish him all the best of luck with that for tomorrow. Um, all for charity as well, which is a really great cause. And we're very proud of him. Um, and I think we're going to do another preview on Twitter, are we? I don't know when we'll do that, but we'll release further details. And I think we've done it a couple of times now. We just we ask everyone, all of our followers, their big picks for each of the big races of the week and we want all of you to get involved so thank you very much and yeah keep an eye on twitter and we'll let you know all the details that brings us to the end of this week's podcast thank you so much for listening and of course a massive thank you to our very special guest davy who's given us some great insight this week we've really enjoyed having him on so we hope you will join us next time for our cheltenham festival special it should be really good fun and we're all looking forward to putting it together for you. We hope you have a great week and thank you for listening.